It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. There are a number of developing storylines involving the Miami Dolphins that have developed over the last couple of days. We got you covered on what you might have missed here today on this episode of Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Shout out to our everydayers. Today on the show, uh, we have a number of developing storylines that have unfolded over the last 48 to 72 hours, and we're kind of going to touch on them all. So it's a little bit of a smorgasbord show here today on this episode of Locked On Dolphins, which is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. We're going to start with the Dolphins roster and the players who are under contract that have something to gain or lose over the course of the next. What's really now five days? Uh, the roster cutdowns is next Tuesday. You got to get to 53. Now, there's going to be a 53 that Dolphins have, and then they're going to presumably put Jalen Ramsey on injured reserve with an intent to return and going to have to add another player to get back to 53. Uh, we may see the team do something with Rob Jones, who has a sprained MCL as a player who is battling for a starting spot on this Dolphins offensive line. He's expected to miss four to six weeks. I guess that's now uh, three to five weeks um, with the sprained MCL that he suffered in the preseason game. So there's some moving and shaking that'll happen after Tuesday, of course, plus any churning of the the bottom of the roster or waiver wire additions uh, for all the other teams cutting from 90 players to 53. But there's been a number of players that we've kind of been – waiting on uh, for better or for worse uh, for different roles and potentially 53 roster spots. Not every one of these players had a 53 roster spot that was considered in jeopardy, but some of them do. So when we find out that uh, Tanner Connor, for example, the tight end has been activated just about 48 hours ago off the PUP list, the physically unable to perform list, We've sat here and watched Elijah Higgins have strong contributions in portions of camp. We've watched Julian Hill flash as a UDFA tight end, which was the shoes that Tanner Connor filled last year. We've watched Tyler Croft be an effective inline blocker and obviously Durham Smythe. We've watched Eric Saubert maybe not fulfill the best of his potential to this stage of the game. And as you're looking at the tight end room unfold, you're you're watching Tanner Connor and you ask yourself, are are we going to just roll him through in redshirt year with injured reserve? And the answer is no, he's been activated off the PUP. So he's going to have a chance over the course of the next week to make a strong impact and remind the Dolphins why they were so invested in keeping him as a piece of the puzzle. 
but he is officially back in action. And one would presume the last preseason game will be a big one for Tanner Connor. This was not the only Dolphins player that we've kind of been waiting on um, with a 53 spot in question. Another one is Keon Crossan, cornerback pressed into uh, more ambitious than probably planned action last year with the injuries to the cornerback room. He's due about three and a half million dollars and in practice, like all of training camp with no guaranteed money and like a $3.3 million cap hit for this upcoming season. And the Dolphins have had a chance to look at a lot of other guys who could potentially fulfill roles in kick coverage. And if the Dolphins are going to get thrifty or if the Dolphins need to free up some money to pay another player or two, then uh, Keon Crossan's dollars in a very deep cornerback room, even amidst the injuries, right, is something that I think is not a shoe in And he's another player who has a high leverage week ahead of him with the preseason game. And this week in practice and showing how good he looks or does not look. Uh, it's, it's it's something for Keon Cross, and they obviously had a vision for him as a player, but I don't know that the Dolphins ever envisioned we would have a cornerback room that's going to have Xavier Howard, Cater Kohu, Cam Smith, Eli Apple, Noig Benogany. Like th These are all... Either Cater Kohu, the lone example as a UDFA last year as a rookie who's been a, a rousing success for the team. That's a lot of other guys that were once upon a time highly drafted guys. You got th two first round picks in that room. You got two second round picks in that room. You get a $25 million player in that room. Um, and, and then you have other special teams type players. You also have Nick Needham lingering on the fringe. And I don't think Nick Needham's a player that we're going to talk about in a segment like this anytime in the near future, I think he's probably a couple months away still, just based off of what he looked like at the beginning of the month. So Keon Crossan, Tanner Connor coming back. You also had a, a couple of guys who have kind of been bumped up that it sounds like there's some enthusiasm for, and including like Alec Ingold at fullback, return to practice. That's a good hit for the Dolphins because he's obviously a player who isn't a sexy player for the role that he plays within the offense but he'd miss like a week and a half or so, approximately two weeks with injury. And you're, you're kind of floating along close to the, the cut down. And you're like, are, are they going to have to stash a second fullback to get this done? Or the, is the tight end versatility going to be enough to take care of it? Um, he's back at practice, which makes you feel good. We also saw Cam Smith, second round pick, who I already mentioned earlier in this segment. No, no red non-contact jersey. Uh, and it's trending towards him not only being available to play against the Chargers, but getting back into the mix to competing for the starting spot opposite Xavier Howard until Jalen Ramsey comes back. Especially when the team is in nickel, because Cater Kohu's probably going to play inside in the nickel. We have Brandon Jones, safety, coming back off an ACL tear, who's worn a red non-contact practice jersey throughout all of camp until yesterday. No red contact, no red non-contact jersey for Brandon Jones. So you kind of start taking inventory. And, and if the objective of this team, which is the case for all teams in the NFL, and every team has their own way of doing it, if the objective of the team is to put themselves in the best position to have their best and brightest and get the best possible 53, they're healthy and ready to go. 
You're trending in the right direction. You've had a lot of players that you've thrown on ice to protect from themselves. Does not sound like Devon A-Chain is uh, a serious injury issue as well. His status might be in question for week one. Obviously, Teron Armstead at left tackle. His status kind of in limbo up in the air. The Dolphins have, and Mike McDaniel have been optimistic that he will be ready to go for week one um, after the injury scare that he had against Houston in joint practices. He was at practice for the Dolphins yesterday with no walking assistance, um, no boot, no crutches, nothing. And Mike McDaniel kind of alluded to he's, he's uh, working towards getting ready for week one. So if that's the case for the Dolphins, you might well enter into uh, the start of this season where Jalen Ramsey might be the only player that you would have had on your ideal start of training camp 53 that's not on the 53 because he's going to go on IR with an intent to return. And Rob Jones. But I don't think Rob Jones was going to win a starting job anyway. I think he's ideally your, your swing guard, if you will. So progress for Miami in this regard, and I will once again knock on wood because I knocked on wood um, when we talked about injuries and availability uh, last week when the Dolphins were having joint practice with Houston, and sure enough, Toronto Armstead gave us that same day the scare of a lifetime. So here's hoping that me talking out loud to all of you now, and y'all heard me knock on wood, uh, does not put us in another position where we have to sweat bullets over uh, a player uh, with an injury scare in practice. Jalen Waddle also trending very well, uh, was working actively at practice on the side yesterday as well. Mike McDaniel already said he, you know, they are protecting Waddle from a lingering injury that would be more complicated if they were to let him work through it. So there you have it on the injury front for the Dolphins. That's your updates. Next, we're going to talk about the running back pursuits of the Miami Dolphins. There's some updates on the Jonathan Taylor front. There are some updates on another big name running back front. So that's what we got coming up next for you here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Before we go any further, buying tickets for your favorite events should not be stressful. It should be exciting, the opportunity to go see your favorite team, your favorite artist, and a lot of the time, that's just not the case. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. And you can get images of your seats because there's nothing worse than showing up to the venue and realizing you're staring at the back of a concrete column. So download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. That's uh, game time app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off on your first purchase. Terms do apply. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, the Dolphins are knocking on the door here. I'm making a splash. And it's not just the fact that they have reportedly, and I've heard on my own independently, that they have called the Indianapolis Colts in regards to the availability of Jonathan Taylor, uh, running back, obviously, who, who received permission to seek out a trade from the team earlier this week. Board also came out yesterday from Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald and has since been corroborated by The Athletic uh, this morning, or I guess overnight, the Dolphins had called the Raiders in regards to the availability of running back Josh Jacobs. So now you're at a point where you as the Dolphins throughout the course of this offseason, it has been reported in one way, shape, or form, have reached out about Josh Jacobs. You've reached out about Jonathan Taylor. You've reached out about DeAndre Swift. You've reached out about Saquon Barkley. You've reached out about Dalvin Cook. You already drafted Devon A-Chain in the third round. And all of this is happening. What this ultimately tells me is I think there is a better likelihood now knowing how intent the Dolphins have been to find a running back who is a stud. They've been kicking the tires here, kicking the tires there. Well, they've kind of been selective. And now you have probably the best physical talent of the whole bunch is available. And one of the things that I love about Barry Jackson for the Miami Herald is uh, if you read his tweets in regards to situations, Barry's very good at reporting the news, but also very good at leaving nuggets and giving you more information than just what the surface level of the tweets reads. And Barry talking about the Dolphins and Jonathan Taylor and the mindset of the organization says that there is a lot of support for making this kind of maneuver. And then Cam Wolf, uh, obviously great reporter for NFL Network. And he came out this morning and said that the the Dolphins are interested, but there is a a limit. I think the limit is probably a first-round pick. And we did the Jonathan Taylor show yesterday, so I'm not going to pull out the club and beat you guys up over the head with, with all of those talking points all over again. But what I will say is this, the fact that the Dolphins are calling and calling and calling and calling and calling and calling and all of these different, I don't want to call them, I think Dalvin Cook at this stage of his career is a little bit different than DeAndre Swift, who's on a rookie contract, but hasn't really lived up to his potential versus Jonathan Taylor's the rushing king with 1,800 yards in 2021 versus Josh Jacobs as this past year's rushing king with 1,600 yards. And all of those contractual situations are also different, right? So I acknowledge that they're they're not all one-for-ones. But if the Dolphins have been this intent on exploring and trying to find 
in addition to the running back room, whether we philosophically agree with it or not, because I've had a bunch of people that have reached out and they're like, Kyle, I just philosophically have a hard time wrapping my head around the idea that 12 to $15 million plus a high draft pick or multiple draft picks for Jonathan Taylor is a good team building decision. And it might be, and it might not be. I think you can justify it uh, through the lens of if you're building around your quarterback and your quarterback strengths. If the Dolphins' ideal has always been, we want to give him a supporting cast to the degree of which he had at Alabama when they were competing for national championships. What was that wide receiver room? It was Jerry Judy. It was Jalen Waddell. It was Devontae Smith. It was Henry Ruggs. In the backfield was Najee Harris, a big physical back, who you could pound with as well. That is the one element of this Dolphins backfield. I agree, you have good backs. I'm also personally of the proponent of not letting good stop you from acquiring great. Hence, Emmanuel Ogba versus Bradley Chubb. Hence, uh, Cedric Wilson versus Tyreek Hill. Great players move the needle and can win you football games single-handedly at times. And the more great players you have, the more margin for error you have, and then also the more flexibility you have to strategize who the players that you want to tie yourselves to moving forward. And I don't think the addition of Jonathan Taylor would preclude you from signing Javon Holland or Jalen Waddle or Jalen Phillips. It just means there's, there's one of two things that's going to happen, right, if this move were to happen. Or Christian Wilkins. If you want to get that done. At the end of the day, this is going to happen one of two ways for the Dolphins. And it's going to happen with or without Jonathan Taylor. Or any other running back. You're going to have incremental transitions away from older contracts. Like, say, 2024. After 2020, or 2024 offseason might be Xavier Howe. 2025 offseason might be Toronto Upset. Or vice versa. 2026 offseason might be Jalen Ramsey. Right. And you're replacing those dollars from within, in addition to the growth in the salary cap. Or if you're knocking on the doorstep, or if you get it done and you want to try to run it back, that's when you can smash everything together for probably next year and the year after that, and potentially the year after that. I think you could run this all the way to 2026 with this nucleus if you wanted to. And then what's going to happen? is they're all going to go at once. And you're going to have a hard reset year. But even when they all go at once and you have a hard reset year, you're not moving on from Jalen Phillips, Jalen Waddell, Javon Holland. They're going to be here because they'll already be under contract. Now you're going to have a year where you're going to get rid of all those older players with those prorated dollars. And you'll have a one-year reset. You'll eat, you know what? And the Rams are a great example of this. The Rams did what the Rams did, okay? And they went for it. And the bottom fell out because they were incredibly injured last year. They went for it. They won the Super Bowl. We don't know if Aaron Donald's retiring. We don't know if Sean McVay is going to go to broadcast. They get word late in the season, late in the offseason, yeah, we're going to run it back. So they run it back with everybody. They signed Bobby Wagner for five for 50. They sign Allen Robinson. Well, I don't know why they thought that was a good idea, but it's neither here nor there. It's not really the point. 
They restructured everybody. They added again. This year was the eat you know what year for the Rams. Now, they also, because they didn't draft in the first round or mostly in the second round for like seven years, they don't have Jalen Waddle or Jalen Phillips under contract. Now, they got Cooper Cup, right? So maybe that's the player that counts, but he was a day two hit for them. The Rams, from a cap perspective space, starting next year, are going to be in great shape all over again. So it's either going to be a slow trickle where you try to walk the tightrope and you get rid of a contract and then you re-sign your own players. Or it's going to build up, build up, build up, build up, and then the bottom's going to drop out and all the old players go out at once. But the unique thing about the Dolphins in this situation is they're going to have players that are still in the prime of their careers that are under contract that you'll have to work with. So um, I know that that kind of got into a cap conversation, but it's more so the fact that the Dolphins have been kicking the tires on so many of these running backs. I personally feel like they're going to find a way to get this one done because they have been so intent on exploring it. Now, as I said yesterday, I'm a proponent of this so long as it happens responsibly. I would not send a first-round pick to Jonathan Taylor. If you can find a different way to make it happen, I'm going to hop on this show, and I'm going to be really excited because the Dolphins added another cornerstone player who's a, a math changer. We also have Tua Tungvaloa versus Brian Clark in the media, um, which is never like 0% chance I ever thought would be a, a talking point that I have on the show. We're going to talk about that next here on this episode of Locked On Dolphins. Stick with us. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we talk to uh, versus Ryan Clark, um, consider this your formal invitation if you're interested in talking more Dolphins football with me and getting involved in a, in a community here on Locked On Dolphins. You can text DOLPHINS to 305-419-3924 to sign up for subtext. It gives you a line to text directly with me. There's also a group community that has been set up as a part of that that you can join as well. If you like it, it's a couple bucks a month. If you don't like it, you cancel within the first two weeks free of charge. So that's Dolphins to 305-419-3924 for the Locked On Dolphins subtext and subtext community. So uh, Ryan Clark claims this was a joke. And here's the thing. Here's the awkward situation that I find myself in. I've always really enjoyed Ryan Clark. And I would imagine I probably still will enjoy Ryan Clark, but I do think uh, the comments were a little off base and off putting. And for me with Ryan Clark, it, it's not the joke about Tua being thick or anything like that. And if the joke that you wanted to make was about the workers at Onyx in Atlanta or whatever, like, okay, okay. It's a joke, maybe not a joke in great taste, but a joke nonetheless. But when you preclude it, by saying he wasn't in the gym and he wasn't eating what he was supposed to be, according to a nutritionist, and he's spending time at the tattoo parlor, but not at the gym. Like, In what world is any athlete ever going to take those kinds of comments about his workload or his, or his work ethic or his commitment to his craft 
or his plan, especially a player as beleaguered as Tua, who has been a pinata for every talking point under the sun, needlessly, when he goes out of his way to do what he has to do to try to put himself in a position to play more football games and literally follows the plan of his team, which is we got to bulk you up in as short amount of time as possible with as much muscle as possible, but you're going to add bad weight, right? That's how, like, I'm an exercise science major. That's at least one thing that, like, I can speak intelligently on. You're not going to add 10 pounds of lean muscle mass while staying 8% body fat in six months of NFL offseason. It's not going to happen. That's not how the body works. So you got to create this massive spike in calories. You got to dramatically change the volume of your weightlifting. And Marcel Louis Jacques did an excellent piece for ESPN on what the Dolphins' plan or what Tua and his plan was for changing his body composition this offseason for ESPN. Highly recommend you guys check it out. But if you know it, and if you know that's what they did, and then you lead into your joke with he wasn't at the gym, he was spending too much time at the dinner table not eating what the nutritionist would tell him to eat, he went from 217 to 238 and cut to 227. In a very short amount of time. I mean, that, that's an intense training program and i think it's it's was the smart thing to do for tua instead of saying well if if we try to get you bigger faster stronger but we're not going to bulk you it you you might get you might have got 30% of the gains that you got 40% of the gains that you got maybe 50% of the gains you would not be 227 walking around right now and he looks good. I saw him in person at training camp, up close and personal. Me to the cameras, reach away. He's as physically good and has is as appropriate of body armor for an NFL quarterback as I've ever seen him. And I've been seeing him in person since 2019. Period. And Tua himself says, Tua gets on the podium and he's asked by how Habib about it. And you no, know, his comments are effectively um, keep my name out of your mouth. I'll I'll paraphrase the last bit of it. There were there, he was dancing around being short, and then he got to the end, and he was like, "You know what? Just keep, I'd appreciate it if you kept my name out of your mouth." Is the exact quote that he provided. To which I say, "Good for you, Tua." You know, and and again, Tua is a player who is such a lightning rod player, I think in large part because of the prodigy status that was placed upon him when he came into the national championship and won Alabama the national championship. Like from the jump, he's like this urban legend, and then he's not your traditional quarterback. He is a little unorthodox with his strengths versus his weaknesses. And that creates this very polarizing player that um, people look at the football player and some people think that's not the book of what it's supposed to look like. So I don't like it. I try not to think like that for any player. And I think my background in player evaluation and scouting the draft for 10 years has put me in a position to, to be objective. I acknowledge he's not a player that is the prototype. I acknowledge he's a player that has some limitations. But you know what? If you build around it and you do it well, 
He's a player that provides a unique matchup and a unique experience of trying to play and defend him versus other quarterbacks across the league. Anyway, the point of the matter is this. Tua putting his foot down on a number of occasions when asked about Ryan Clark. I was happy to see. And as somebody who likes Ryan Clark and appreciates his insight and his analysis, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And, you know, he's he's been a little touch and go on social media as far as oh, lighten up, this was a joke, whatever. It can, You want to make a joke, make a joke. But you also got to understand, when Tua busted his tail and followed the program that was laid out in front of him, and he was doing not what he wanted, but was what was necessary for him to try to alleviate the questions about his durability and make sure he can stay on the football field so he can get generational wealth for his family for generations to come. And for you to make your first comment because of the way he looks physically, that he wasn't working out this offseason? I don't know what world you would expect to live in where you would expect any athlete to take kindly to that. So we'll see uh, if there's more to this story or not. I hope not. I hope we move on. I'm ready for football. But um, I thought it was worth giving you guys my two cents on that whole situation because it's obviously front row center. Rich Eisen picks it up with the salty Tua segments, which crack me up every single time. And obviously, the Tua Tungvaloa is available once a week to talk to the media. And a good portion of his weekly media availability this week, which I think is a shame, is uh, spent on some tone-deaf comments, I, I think is probably the best way to put it, versus Tua and his individual situation. So, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Locked on Dolphins. We're previewing the Jaguars tomorrow. The Dolphins do have a third preseason game. We don't know who's going to play in it just yet. Uh, Mike McDaniel, he's the self-described wild card, may keep us guessing this entire time. Uh, but we'll talk about Jacksonville and what, what the situation is with that football team so you guys kind of get an expectation, although there's no joint practices. Look, here's what I'm going to be looking for. Here, here's the talents of this football team. Here's what I'm really eager to see, and that will be what we discuss tomorrow on the show. Make it a good one. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.